God, we just thank you, Lord, for your words. God, we thank you, Lord, for your spirit that is in this place, God. Help us, Father, be careful, Father, not to let this spirit pass, Father God, not to let this atmosphere, Father, pass without taking advantage of it, Lord. You know, so many times we can get in the presence of God and we can just kind of just uh, sort of rush just in and out of the seasons that God has for us or just sort of rush out of out of his presence and never really take time to let that what he's deposited in us to really just take root. And that's a little bit about what I want to talk with you guys tonight. But first, I've got a couple of testimonies that I want to give. Um, I don't know if y'all are tired of hearing testimonies, but I hope not. Um, well, it kind of, uh, and I spoke a little bit on, about it on Sunday, but it, it got a lot better after Sunday. But uh, anyways, God's taken Jess and I through a season of just really giving and uh, uh, just really sowing a lot of seed. And there's been times where he's he's called us to give money that's just really uncomfortable for us to give. And, and we were like, this can't be God. God wouldn't tell us to give bill money. God wouldn't tell us to give, you know, money that, that, we, that we need to eat on. God wouldn't tell us to give this or, or that. You know, when I've got a $1,700 school bill due, God wouldn't tell me to sew $100 into another hairstylist's life. You know, things like that. Or, or, um, so anyways... We, we've just been going through a, a huge season of, of sowing and, and God really teaching us how to give out of our, out of our lack and out of our need. Well, uh, Saturday morning, I have a client come in. And I've got a school bill due, and then I've got to have a little bit to go into next semester, um, $1,500. And so this client comes in, and he's asking me how my school bill is going. And I tell him, you know, what I have due and what I need to go into next semester. And, you know, I'm, I'm not really freaking out about it. I'm you know, trusting God. God told me, God actually told me that he was going to pay this school bill off and he was going to pay for next semester. So I knew that that's what was coming. And I didn't know how and uh, I wasn't really worried about it. So anyways, the guy writes me a $3,000 checkout and says, I don't want you to have to worry about on your break, you know, for how you're going to come up with the next, next, you know, part of next semester money. So anyways, um, he writes me a $3,000 checkout and that puts me about $3,000 short of paying my school bill off for the next semester. Well, my brother goes to, I'm not going to tell the whole story because he might want to tell some of the testimony. Okay, be quiet. My brother asked for a sum of money, uh, and God blessed him with a sum of money. Well, the sum of money that he asked for, the guy writes him on a check for $3,000 extra, more than what he asked for. So my brother takes that $3,000 and shows it into my life. So I stand up in front of you with my semester completely paid for. All right. Well, we we kind of we set ourselves up for that. Uh, you know, because on Sunday, I guess, my brother gave me a first-generation iPad that I've been trying to talk him out of for like three months or something like that. So I knew he was going to give it to me. I just didn't know when. I didn't tell you that, but I knew you were going to give it to me. I, I just was waiting. Um, so anyways, he gives me the first-generation iPad, and uh, I, I erase his stuff off there, restore it as a new iPad, go to put my stuff on there, and God checks me and says, give this iPad to your sister for children's ministry. I'm like, No. I'm not giving this to my sister. I just got it. I don't even have my stuff on there yet. I'm not giving it away. He's like, give it to your sister. So I go and I give it to my sister. And I'm like, oh, no big deal. Well, on Monday night, Jennifer finds out on Monday morning that we gave an iPad one first generation um, away. And so she says God tells her to give me an iPad too. So 
on yesterday, I get an iPad Generation 2 when, after I give my Generation 1 away. And they did that because they want uh, iPad minis, so they're going to get an iPad mini from sowing these seeds. So if, uh, if you want to receive, you know, the kingdom of God, and Dad and I were talking about this earlier, the kingdom of God is, is weird. It's, it's backwards. It's, up down, it, it, it's upside down. It doesn't make sense. If you want something, then you've got to give something. If you want more of God, you've got to give more of yourself. You can't just say, God, I want more of you, and then just expect it, you know, just to, to, to come to pass. If you want more of something, if you want something, give. Don't give to get, but I promise you, it's, it's, the, it's the law. There is a law, and maybe we'll go into this at another time, but there is a law on, on seed time and harvest. If you sow, you will reap. You will reap a harvest. Um, and it doesn't always look like what you sow. You know, I've sowed throughout, throughout the semester, I've sowed clothes. You know, I've given boots away. I've given a pair of sunglasses away that were like my prized possession, you know. But you cannot outgive God. It's His Word. And His w- Word will never come back void. His Word is always true. It's always powerful. And it's always full. His Word always comes back to the fullness. Not just, it doesn't just come out part. So I really want you guys to get this in your spirit because I don't stand up here wanting you to give to me or wanting you to give to, to, to this church. I don't care where you give. Give, give where God tells you to give. Give where you're, where you're getting blessed, number one. Obviously, you've got to give your tithes. But give, give where God tells you to give. Don't be stingy with the things. Something God is teaching Jess and I is don't be attached to anything that this world has to offer. If God tells me to give this iPad away to somebody tonight, I'm going to give it away. I'm not, atta- I'm not going to because Jennifer told me not to. But I, something that, 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 I, that I can freely give, I'm not attached to anything. Somebody want this microphone? And it's not mine to give. But anyways, don't be attached to the things of this world. Don't be attached to your shoes. Don't be attached to to materialistic things. Don't be attached to your money. It's not our money. I don't care if you only have $100 in your bank account and you've got a $300 electric bill due or or a car payment due. That $100 is not yours. It's not even yours. You know, you might might have worked for it, but it's not yours, I promise you. And if you ever get in that mindset, God will absolutely blow your mind. You won't even understand. Like like today, I went to work, and I I, I don't know why I'm keeping going with this, but I, I just feel like some of you just really need to get it. Today I go to work, and I have a client cancel yesterday, a highlight client. So that's $120 plus tips. She normally tips pretty good. That's $140, okay? So anyway, she cancels yesterday. Before I can even like cancel her from my from my booking app, another client, a new client calls and says, hey, I want to get in. So I book her in the time slot where she was supposed to work, where she was supposed to come in. Anyway, she ends up leaving me a $40 tip. And then the lady after that ends up buying $100 worth of product. Well, two weeks ago, I just gave $130 of product worth away. So $130 product away. So God just says, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, make you sell this much product then I'll, I'll so i made 110 dollars more today going in than i even anticipated on making that's the way the kingdom of god works you go in expecting something and god just blows your mind and gives you more but you've got to be willing to he's got to be able to trust you with what he gives you he's got to be able to trust you if, if he gives you 100 dollars and you're not willing to give 10 dollars of that to the church and maybe another 20 of it to someone else or maybe buy it take 10 of it and buy someone's Starbucks behind you in the line, then he's not going to bless you with that, you know? 
So we have to get in the mindset of, of, uh, of the kingdom. We've got we've to get kingdom-minded. And I believe that this church is special. I believe that this area is special. God has given Jess and I and even Stephen and, and our mom and dad, and I'm sure a lot of, a lot of other of, of you here, God has given our, a, such a heavy heart for, this, for East Texas. I really believe that, that East Texas is, is going to be a, a prime place for the revival and an awakening of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I want to see every person that comes in these doors jump on board with that. Because I promise you, there's no way that we're going to be able to hold what's coming. There's no way that, that we're going to be able to hold it. Um, these little, you know, $3,000 checks are going to turn into million-dollar checks. I believe it with all my heart. Um, I'm going to set up a quick foundation. I'm going to be camping out in Matthew chapter 13 tonight. But uh, a little bit of foundation. Uh, I'm going to be speaking on seeds, which is crazy that God, you know, had been blessing us with reaping and, 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 and sowing. But... Um, first off, when I think about a seed, like it's, seeds are so fascinating. You plant this little tiny black bitter seed in the ground. It tastes bitter. It's terrible. It's black. It's tiny. You plant it, and then you work with it. You 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 uh, you water it. You tend to it, and it turns into this bright, beautiful, sweet piece of fruit. You know. Uh, you, you plant this just little tiny black seed, this bitter seed that you, you can't eat. It would be terrible. It wouldn't even bring you any nourishment. But you plant it, and months later, it turns into this fruit. How, it's, that just blows my mind. So um, another thing I want to say is all truth, and I'm going to elaborate on some of this stuff later. I'm just sort of going, you know, building a foundation. All truth comes in seed form. Everything that God speaks into your life, everything that, that, that is sown and everything that that becomes truth in your life, everything that becomes fruit in your life, it always comes in seed form. Everything that is put into your life comes in seed. It never, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but anyways, just remember that. All seed comes in truth, all truth comes in seed form. Information seeds, they become fruit-producing um, revelation, the, the, the logos of God, the logos of God, the revelation of God. Every, information seeds, everything that is sown into your mind becomes, if we, if we water it, it's just like a seed that we plant in our garden. If we, if we tend to it, it becomes fruit-producing revelation. And I'll, I'll kind of go on that in a little bit as well. Um, Satan is going to try to steal or destroy the seed at all points of its growth, at all points. It's just like a like a, a hog or, you know, something in our garden, a deer in our garden or, or crows or something. You know, they come to our garden, our, our natural gardens, and they try to steal at all points of the growth. They ch- come and try to steal seed. They come and try to steal the plant. And then they really come and try to steal the fruit. So at all points of, of the growth of, of something that is sown into your life, Satan's going to come and try to steal it. Um, the person that you will be tomorrow is the person you are in the process of becoming today. That's why it's so important to let seed be sown in our life. The person that you are right now is the person that you're in the process of becoming tomorrow. So, so don't forget that. That's very important in our lives to always let seed be, be sown in our life. Always try to nurture that seed that is sown. Um, you know, we don't ever want to think that we're done growing. We don't ever want to think that we're above having seed sown in our lives. We don't ever want to think that, that we are too good to have something sown into our life and, and that we've arrived the person that you are today is the person that you're going to be you're going to be coming for tomorrow. All right. So let's read some out of Matthew. We're going to do, go to Matthew chapter 13 verse 1 through 9 and then we're going to jump over to verse 18 through 23. Anybody excited about the word of God? Man, I love the word of God. 
It's, it's awesome. If you let it do the work that it's designed to do, if you let it do a destructive and a constructive work that it's assigned to do, it's, it's like a double-edged sword. It cuts going in, but it repairs coming out. God longs and he desires to do some things in our hearts tonight, starting tonight. And uh, let's nurture God's word and just learn to love, fall in love with the word of God. Amen? Uh, I'll start there at verse 3, Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly, but the soil was was too shallow. But the plants soon wiltered under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as was planted. Everyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. That verse 9 is pretty fascinating with me. God is, Jesus here is instructing us. He's telling us everyone with ears, listen and understand. Not just some people, but everyone with ears, listen and understand. Have, have, have a revelation of the Word of God. Listen to the Word of God and, and let it become revelation in your life. I'm going to jump over to, uh, I think it's, yeah, 18, and I'll be reading through 23. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmers planting seeds. The seeds that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. The evil one comes and snatches, snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they, didn't la- they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of the life, the lure of the wealth, so, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand. I keep seeing in this passage, hear and understand, hear and understand. Those are two different things. Understand means the revelation of God's word, the revelation, something that you, that you understand. If, if you understand like how something works, you, you, how something works, how an object works, or, or, or you know how a, how a motor runs, or, or whatever you are into, you know, if you have an understanding of how something works, you have revelation. And uh, this is where God wants to take us tonight. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produced, produced a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. So I'm going to kind of break these down for us tonight. Um, and I'm going to kind of go away. Uh, I'm going to kind of... Satan tries to steal these seeds at all points along the way, all points of growth. And there's different, you know, different ways that he tries to steal things. So I'm just going to kind of break it down. Uh, the seeds beside the road, Satan comes, and the, uh, Mark 4 and 15, I'm reading the New American Standard, so you don't have to put it up there because we don't have it. But it says that Satan steals it immediately. As soon as the word is sown, as soon as the seeds beside the road, the road is, is sown, the, Satan immediately comes and steals it. These are the ones who... These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. You know, these are the issues that we have when we have no understanding of the word and no understanding of the kingdom. These are, these are a lot of, I don't know if, you know, really there's anybody in here tonight that, 
that doesn't completely understand or doesn't completely believe. But there's a lot of people out in the world that they just don't believe the word. And Satan has come and stolen the seeds that have been sown in their life because they don't understand it. They have no, they, they just, they, they're not kingdom minded. And this is the problem that, that we have when we're trying to relay uh, the word or, or sow seed into the world. You know, we try to sow seed into the world where only only kingdom-minded people can understand it. You know, so we really have to kind of get heavenly-minded and kind of get the heart of God on on what to sow and how to sow it into the into this world. So so that we can give people an understanding of God's word. So that we can give people that aren't in the church, people that don't understand, so that we can learn how to teach them about God's word and learn how to disciple them about God's word. Because if we just go out and we start reading scriptures to them or we just start telling them something that that you know, our grandma or our grandpa has always told us, they're not going to understand it. We have to learn how effectively to minister the gospel to this lost and dying world because it's not just about these four walls. It's very, actually, church is very little to do about these four walls, and that's a whole other sermon in itself. But church really is, 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 has very little to do with what goes on in here. It's, uh, it's what goes on out there. We are the church. We, we, we are the, the word of Christ. We are the, the knowledge and the understanding of, of Jesus. And uh, we'll go into the rocky places. And, and this, the, the enemy tries to steal this seed b- before the root system is, uh, is established. Um, Mark 14, verses 16 and 17, same New American Standard. We don't have to go up there on the screen because we don't have it. In a similar way, these are the ones on whose seed was sown on the rocky places, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with joy and have no firm root and themselves, but are the but are only, only temporary. Then, when affected or persecuted, or, or affliction or persecution arrives arises because of the word, immediately immediately they will fall away. Um, notice how it says um, they have no firm root in themselves. So, the the seeds that were sown on the rocky soil, Satan tries to come, and he might let them grow a little bit. He might let them, uh, you know. Not produce any fruit, but he might let them grow a little bit. But before the roots are even formed, Satan's going to try to come and steal these words. Um, you ever know? Have you ever known anyone that they they come up to the altar and like they they get all hyped about God? You know, and I'm talking about Christians. I'm ta- I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about people in the church or or maybe even unbelievers. They come up, you know, to the altar or or come to a revival or or go to an awesome worship service and they just they just get full of the spirit you know and they're just on fire for God and they've got all this zeal and all this fire you know I've seen kids come to CFNI and and just the first month of CFNI they're just on fire for God but then they, they never take any time to produce roots they never they never take any time to let a root system grow because they're just over overjoyous they're overzealous and they just go with that just experience as long as they can ride that experience out they just go with it and then a couple weeks or a month later they just die out you know and they're and they're 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 down or or they're 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 back living in the world or they just they they they're going through problems and they can't understand you know what the deal is and they just they just quit chasing god I've, I've had times like that in my life where, where I've just came down to the altar and I've just, God has just wrecked me. And then two weeks later, I'm back in the same place that I was. I'm back in the same, doing the same things that I was. I'm back feeling the same way that I, that I was. This is because the, the seed has not produced any root and we've let Satan come in and just completely steal that. Charles Finney was a great revivalist and there's times in his, in his revivals that there would be um, the whole week 
before he would let someone come down and uh, and and ask Jesus, you know, to save them or, or get or get you know free from whatever they needed to. There was there was times when men would run to the altars and he would in, inter- interrupt them in between his while he's preaching. He would have men run down the altars and he would say, "Excuse me, sir, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet." And uh, sometimes maybe I feel like God's God's doing that to us and saying, you know what, you've got some more seed that needs to take root before I'm going to take you to this place. You've got some seed that needs to take root um, before I'm going to take you here, before I'm going to take you there. So many Christians and so many churches have this shallow soil that Jesus was speaking of. Um, there's so many churches and, and Christians that just want to water down the Word of God. And you can't water down the Word. You can't, you can't, you can't act like the Word, you know. Isn't, isn't what it says. You can't just maybe turn a little scripture to, to make your flesh feel a little better. Because when you do that, you have no root system. Satan comes in and steals every seed that's been sown to you. Um, churches, they, you know, preachers, they just want to, they want to preach something that, that's going to be pleasing or it's going to be easy for, for someone to live out. This Christian walk is not easy. Jesus never said it was going to be easy. So if you're, if you're hearing or you're talking to someone or you're telling someone, hey, this is, this is all peaches, you know, it's all great, it's all easy. This is not easy. And, and, and you're, you're, you're giving someone false hope. And there's no way that you can develop a root system with false hope. There's no way that seeds in your life can ever, ever, ever come to fruition if you, if you have false hope in the gospel. There's, there's no way. You have to, in the kingdom, but there's a little soil root. You have to work the process. You're only going to have the impact on this world as big as your prayer life. You want more of God, give up more of yourself. And that was something so awesome that God just spoke to me last night. And, you know, so often we sing, God, we want more of you. We want more of your spirit. We want more of your glory. And God's all the, all the time just sitting there telling us, I want more of you. You know, we go into this, and in, in, into you know, the world, and we expect to have this huge impact on this world. We expect to have a huge impact at our schools. We, in, we expect to have, you know, a huge impact in our churches. We expect to have a huge impact in our ministries. And I've, I've been there. I've seen it in my own life. I, expect, I would go out and lead worship at, you know, with Set Free with, with my band or come up here and lead worship and expect to see revival or expect to, to give someone a word from God or expect to, to see chains, like, really broken off of somebody's life. But I don't even have a prayer life. You know, you ex- we expect to see these things. We're only going to see what we're willing to give. If we're not willing to give everything, then we're not going to see anything. If we're not willing to give everything, we're not going to see everything. That's the way the kingdom works. If, if, if we want to see revival, then we've got to give. We've got to start praying. We've got to start reading. We've got to start fasting. We've got to start seeking the kingdom of God more than we ever have before. Do you believe that tonight? This is so common among believers. Jesus didn't say there wasn't any seed. We have more than enough seed. You know, these days we have our applications on our iPhones and our iPads and our computers. We have the, we have the Bible, you know, right in front of us. We've got, uh, we can listen to a sermon or a podcast from our favorite, our favorite teacher, our favorite preacher while we're laying in our bed. We don't have to get up and put clothes on. You know, we don't even have to, to go anywhere to get the word of God sown into us. Jesus didn't say there wasn't any seed. He said there wasn't enough soil to produce fruit. He said the seed was shallow. Is that you tonight? Do you have shallow soil in your life? 
you don't have to answer me because I've been there. I've been in a place with shallow soil. I've been in a place where so many seeds, God could have spoken a million words over my life from, from the greatest prophets in the world and it could not have produced fruit because there was no soil. There was no soil in my life. Jesus didn't say that that was a problem. He didn't say that there was no soil. He said that there was little soil, so it could not produce enough fruit. Rocks underneath. So if there's rocks in your life tonight, if there's rocks underneath that soil, if there's something underlying that you don't that you don't want anyone else to know about, if 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 you want people to think that you have this great prayer life, well, God sees that. God sees the soil that's really there. God sees the the rocks, the underlying issues. God sees the things in our life that no one else sees. God sees the things in our life that that our husbands or our spouses don't see. He sees the things in our lives that our closest friends don't see. He sees the things in our life that our parents don't see. See, we can get some stuff past this worldly carnal mind. We can get some stuff past our pastor. We can get some stuff past our parents. But we're not going to get anything past God. And we expect to see something come to fruition. We expect to see fruit grow in our life, but we have these underlying issues that we refuse to deal with. And God says tonight, I see those things. I see those things. I see those problems, those root issues, those hard surface places under the very little soil that you have, and I want to deal with them. I want to go after them tonight. He says, I, I, I want to I get in your life. I want to get messy with you. I want to I deal with some stuff. This is not even in my notes. God's speaking to somebody here tonight. God says that there's some people in here with some foundational stuff that he wants to get rid of. God says there's some people here tonight with some rocks in their life and with some hard surfaces that he wants to get rid of before he can let any fruit grow in your life before he can produce any fruit amen god i just pray tonight lord as your word goes forth father god that you would deal with the things in our life father god that that we would not close our ears off to your word god that we would not father god ignore what you are speaking tonight father god but we would open our hearts we would open our ears father god and we would give you access father to the worst things in our lives father god we would give you access father god to the things in our life that we don't want father anyone else to know about god We pray, Father God, that it would penetrate our hearts, that your word would penetrate our hearts tonight, God, so that we can move forward in you. Tonight, if you're in a place of... of of feeling like you you have you have stopped and feeling like a place where you can't go any further, there's probably something in your life that God wants to deal with. There's probably something in your life that's stopping this fruit to be, to be produced. There's probably something in your life that's stopping you from going any further with God. And God says tonight, it's the night that I want to deal with it. So let, if that's you that I'm speaking with tonight, just receive that word. Don't, don't just leave this place and forget what God is speaking to us tonight. Don't just leave this place and forget about everything that's been spoken. Write this down. Whatever God's speaking to you, write it down. Meditate on it. Let it grow. Let it, become, let it turn to fruit. You know, we have to live a lifestyle. If, if we want to want see things of the kingdom work in our life, we have to live a lifestyle of prayer. We have to live a fasted lifestyle. We're going to have to give up some things to see some things happen. You believe that tonight? You agree with me? We're going to have to stop stop dealing with some things that we're dealing with. We're going to have to stop doing some things that we're doing. We're going to have to change our life. We're going to have to change our mindset. If we want to see the true gospel manifested in this city, if we want to see the true gospel manifested in our lives, in our children's lives, in our family's life, in our spouse's life, in our finances, in our, in our jobs, in our relationships, we're going to have to have to go to work. We're going to have to give some things up. You know, when I went to CFNI, there was so many things that God had been dealing with me about for months. And some of it was, you know, just little stuff. But, like, I'll, I'll just touch on secular music. And I'm not going to get legalistic or religious on you. That's not me, okay? I'll, I'll, 
Never mind, I'm not going to say that. But uh, I'm not going to get, you know, I'm not going to get all legalistic on you. I, I, but something that was in my life, and you, you can go wherever you want with God. You can let God deal with you and let God, you know, cut you open and, and go after some things in your life, whatever, whatever you're dealing with. But we'll just say secular music for was just one of the things that 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 you know um, God wanted to get out of my life. But there was, when I went to CFNI, there were so many issues, and secular music was one of those things that was just, you know, not really a big deal, but it was a big deal to God, because God says, you know, if you want, if you want to go deeper with me, you're going to have to start filling yourself up with me. Don't be filling yourself up with that worldly junk. I'm not saying what God spoke to me. Don't be filling yourself up with that worldly junk. Start, start filling yourself up with some kingdom stuff. Start filling yourself up with some kingdom literature. Start fi- filling yourself up with some kingdom television. Start filling yourself up with some kingdom music. What you, what you put in your life is what you're going to produce. What you, what you, the seeds that, see, seeds are both way. The, the, the seeds of, of the world that you let sown in your life, if, if those have a, have a place to produce fruit, they're going to produce fruit if you give them a, a little bit. So, Examine your life tonight. See, you know, see, half of this stuff is not even in my notes. I don't know who God's speaking to. Maybe me. I, I don't know. I know that he's speaking to me because he, he gave me this word. But, uh, you know, examine your life tonight. Examine your heart. See what's in there. If you're not willing to give it up, then it's probably time to give it up. You know, in my life, I, 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 was, I was so convinced that there was nothing wrong with the movies that I watch. I was so convinced there was nothing wrong with the thing, the, the, the way that I talked. I was so convinced there was nothing wrong with the music that I listened to. And I shortly soon found out when I went to CFNI, there was a lot wrong with that. I, I soon found out that God said, you know what? If you want all of me, you're going to have to give me all of you. You can't have this stuff in your life. So if there's things in your life that you're unwilling and you're not willing to give up, then it's probably time to give them up. If there's things in your life that you're justifying and saying, you know what? This is just this is just kind of an area that you know it's just it's just kind of a gray area. This is this is okay. This is okay. I can have all of God and still, and you know maybe maybe you don't want all of God. I don't know. I, I do. I want everything that I can get. I want. I'm I'm like an addict. I want I want every single drop that I can get out of His presence, and uh, I'm not going to stop until I see Him. And that's what I want for you guys. That's I, I so want that for this church. I so want this church to be different than every other church. Um, there's so many churches around this around this world that are just so humanistic and, and they just let the culture of the world just seep into them. I don't want that for this church. This church is set apart. If it wasn't, then, then God wouldn't have me here. I'm not saying that I'm anything special, but if it wasn't, God wouldn't call me here. God wouldn't give me a heart. God wouldn't call pastor. He, he wouldn't give a heart for this city. God wouldn't have Stephen here. He wouldn't have a heart for this church and for this city. God set this place apart. And each and every one of you are part of that. Each and every one of you are part of that covering. Each and every one of you have a special call in your life. And God's got something designed specially for you. It's not just about the Gowd family. It's not just about me or Jessica. It's just we're willing to give it all. You know, I'm willing to give everything. And so that's what I want to see for each and every one of you tonight. Seed among thorns. I kind of touched on this a second ago. And this is, this is a big issue in the world today. Um... I feel like James is talking about this in, in 4.4. <clears throat> you want to put that up there, James 4.4? It says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be friends of the world, you make yourself enemies of God. kind of got ahead of myself all ago because this, this is so strong on my heart because God had been 
dealing with me uh, about this this stuff and um, I feel like sometimes we live this way, you know, back to just being so consumed with the things of the world, so consumed with music, so consumed with movies. I'm going to take a drink because I've got a dry throat. All right? You guys just talk amongst yourself or something. You're making me nervous staring at me. You know... We're so consumed with the things of this world. We're so consumed with money. We're so consumed with... (coughs) We're so consumed with um, movies that we want to watch. We're so consumed with with worldly music. And and I'm serious. I'm not trying to get legalistic or religious on you people. I'm really not. Because I'm I'm not religious at all. Um, I just... I'm just crazy about the heart of God. And I want it so much for for you guys. I want it so much for my life and for my family. And I'm in a place now where I see the heart of God more than I ever had before. And and His heart is is good towards us. His heart is 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 uh, His heart is broken for us. His heart is uh is is heavy for us. And God God He's a good Father. He's a good Papa. He loves us. Um, but you know. We're so consumed with the things of this world, and I feel like, you know, uh, I'm just going to go into it. Why do, you know, why do we live this way? For me, I live this way out of fear of rejection for what, um, from the world or fear of, of not having uh, my worldly desires fulfilled. Also, didn't want to be labeled as a radical or, or crazy person um, for God. And... That's that's where I was when I went into CFNI a few months ago. That's where I was. I was I was so I, I wanted to, I wanted to give God just just enough <clears throat> to where I could call myself a Christian and where I could be maybe a, a halfway decent worship leader. I wanted to give myself just enough, but then I wanted everything else divided out amongst the things of this world. I wanted a little bit for for the world. I wanted a little bit for money, and I was so scared of all my life. I was just so scared of, of being rejected. Um, <clears throat> You know, I've talked a little bit about, I've talked a little bit to Jess recently, but about, there's a song that Corey Asbury sings, and it's called Where I Belong. I finally found where I belong in your presence. I finally found where I belong. And for me, I was, I was always trying to, every, ever since I was young, I can remember trying to find a place where I fit in. Like, when I was in middle school, I hung out with all the Mexicans, you know, I wore like, I wore, like, <clears throat> I, wore uh, I wore Jinkos, and, and I had this little haircut that, my whole head was shaved, and I had just like this much hair like on my bang. Like I left my bangs, and I would always throw it back, and I just wore these baggy clothes, and I would hang out with all the Mexicans because I was trying to find out where I belonged. I didn't fit in with anyone else. Well, when I went into high school, I realized pretty quick that the Mexicans weren't cool, and they were kind of thugs, you know? <laughs> Not that they weren't cool, but they were thugs, you know? I, I didn't fit in with the thugs anymore. So then I started dressing kind of preppy, and I started trying to be a redneck. And, you know, I got into, you know, hunting and and I think I still am a redneck at heart. I think that's who I really am. But um, I started hunting and I started fishing and, and I started uh, riding four-wheelers and I started wearing Carhartt overalls and I started asking for guns for Christmas and, and for Carhartt things for Christmas. But then, you know, when I got a little older and I got in the music scene, I started I started trying to fit in with the music scene. And I think I found where I fit in because this is kind of who I am nowadays, you know, just sort of, 
you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I always try to find in where I fit in. I always try to find, and, and my music, like Set Free, like Set Free started off with just kind of acoustic worship stuff. And, and, we, and then we kind of moved into rock. And then we, you know, we sort of moved back to worship and then back to rock. And we could never, I could never find a complete place where I, where I belong, you know, I could never, and from the outside looking in, I always looked like I was a real people person, you know, not very many people would know that, I, I didn't even really know that I was insecure, like, I didn't even know that I was scared of being rejected, I just, I just kind of was looking for a place where I belong, and then a few months ago, that I heard that song for the first time, and, and I just broke, and God says, you finally found where you belong. You've, right here in my presence, you've been looking for it all along, but you finally found where you belong, so for me, I filled myself up with the things of this world because I was scared of being rejected. Another reason I filled my things of the, my, myself up with the things of this world is because I was scared of my dreams and the timing on my dreams not to be fulfilled. Like I was scared of, of, of set free, never going on the road. You know, that was my biggest dream. And I believe that that, that dream was from God. And I, I believe with all my heart that, that now that I'm learning how to dream again and now that I'm seeing... God's heart for me. I believe that Jess and I will one day go to the nations. And I believe that our, our music that, that God's given us is going to break some chains in some people's lives. But for me, I wanted that. When God gave me that dream, I wanted it for me. And I wanted it on my timing. And so I, I was scared. Like I was like, all right, God, you gave me this dream. So I'm going to take it. And I'm going to keep it. And you can have a little bit of it. You can have the part that, that me singing songs about you. And me wanting to see people set free. But you can't have the part where... The finances come into it because I didn't want to be poor. You know, I didn't want to go, go to, to, to Guatemala and, and be broke. You know, I didn't want to go to the nations. I didn't want to go to Africa and be broke and, and see people set free. I wanted to be a national artist. I wanted to make money. I wanted to be Chris Tomlin. I wanted to be David Crowder. I wanted to be some Christian rock band. You know, I wanted to make money. So I was scared of giving that to God because I was scared that it would mean me giving everything. I was so scared of, of losing <clears throat> what I had worked for. I was so scared of God changing that up. Um, another reason, you know, that we that we hold on to things um, in this world is because, um, you know, finances. We're scared that, that that God, you know, will will not promote us, or God will not give us raises, or God won't give us a job. So we try to do these things ourselves. And the the, the word in Matthew, God talks about that being lovers of the world. We love the world too much, so when seed is sown, it chokes it chokes out the seed before it, it, it grows. It's got plenty of soil there, you know. It looks good, it sounds good. Seed sown, it starts to grow, but we love the world too much, so it chokes it out. That was my biggest problem. That was there. There was so much seed sown in my life, from <clears throat> from at a young age till even now. There was so much seed sown in my life, but. I was so in love with the world. I was so in love with the things of this world. I was so in love with money. I was so in love with the, the idea of being famous. I was so in love with, with cars. And I was so in love with social status. And I was so scared to let go of that because out of fear of rejection that I was just in love with the world. So that the, the world always, always chokes out the things of the Spirit. Always. You cannot, you cannot love this world and try to love God, and try to love the things of the kingdom. The world always choke that stuff out. There's no room. There's no room in our lives. There's no room in our heart. There's no room in your destiny. There's no room in your dreams. There's no room <clears throat> in your family for the things of this world. There's just not. 
you know, we talk about wasting our life for the world, and uh, I've always tried to figure, the last few weeks I've tried to figure out, all right, God, what does it mean to actually say that we're wasting our life for you? Because if I'm giving you everything, like, I want to, so I'm not really wasting anything, like, I'm giving you everything, and, and what that means is, by, by the world standards, the world looks at us and says, man, they're such a waste, but the kingdom looks at us and says, man, they are awesome. The kingdom, you know, when the kingdom sees us, or when the spiritual, when the things of the spirit sees us, they, we, they see a giant, and so that's, that's what I want to see for you guys. Um, we've got to stop loving the things of this world. It'll ch- it's choking out what, what God is desiring to do in our lives. All these attacks... I'm about to go into the good soil, and then I'll wrap it up, but uh, I've, I've got, it's 8.27. All right, I'll get, I'll hurry up. Jennifer went longer, and then, you know, Dad and Stephen took some of my time, so. <clears throat> um, all these times are going to be well, well-timed attacks. They're all, um, Satan knows exactly the right time to hit us. Just like when we, when we were talking about the rocky, the rocky, the rocky soil. Satan knows the right time, whether it's a few days or whether it's a week or whether it's a month. He knows exactly when to hit you. And Satan, see, what Satan wants to do is get us on his time schedule. He 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 doesn't necessarily. I heard a speaker talk about it. See, I, he doesn't. It's crazy because the things in our life that, that we fall, it's not like we consistently fall or we consistently deal with them. It's like Satan has us on this time wheel, and he'll make us fall here, and then he'll let us go for a while, and then he'll get us again. And then he'll let us go when we start progressing and we start like start growing some fruit and growing some harvest. He'll get us again. And then he'll get us again. Then he'll get us again. See, so it's not it's not necessarily the issue of, of us just continuing to fall. It's it's the issue of being on that cycle, on the enemy like on the enemy's time wheel. So all these times, all these attacks are perfect timing. Satan is he, he's 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 smart. You know, he's 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 roaming around like a roaring lion seeking who he might devour and he wants to devour every one of the every all the seed that was sown tonight there's some of you in here tonight that sadly there's been some things that that you didn't grasp sadly there's been some seed that's sown that satan immediately stole but then there's some of you tonight that there's some seed that's sown in your life that's going to become fruit producing revelation it's going to produce revelation in your life and you're going to grow and you're going to get free from it I'm going to just read through my notes really quick on the good soil so I can let you guys go home. Um, the good soil is, is, is the person who hears the rhema, hears the, the spoken word, and understands or meditates on God's word, God's revelation, God's logos. Logos, by the way, is, is, is um, it's Greek for revelation for God's word. God's word is revelation. God, when God speaks something to us, it's revelation. <clears throat> It's knowledge. It's something that we understand um, or accepts the word. And Mark 20, uh, Mark, Mark 4, chapter 4, verse 20. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produced a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as has been planted. Sometimes we hear the word of God, but we don't accept it. Sometimes God speaks to us, but we don't accept it because it's not what we want to hear. So if, if God's speaking to you something about telling you to stop listening to secular music and you don't want to hear it, well, then you're not going to produce fruit because you, you have not accepted that word. Um, 
also the person who perseveres. Luke uh, chapter 8, verse 15, New American Standard. But the seed and the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. If I stood up here and told you tonight that this is going to be easy, I would be lying to you. There's nothing easy about, about um, letting fruit grow. There's nothing easy about um, producing a harvest inside of yourself. Um, sometimes we want to think that it's easy, but it's not. But if we persevere through those storms, there will be storms. I promise you. There are storms when you plant stuff in the natural. And if you plant something in a garden or you plant watermelons or apples or whatever, you know, there's storms and there's hard times and some of that fruit might be lost but if, if you just persevere and you just continue to, to tend to that fruit then it will continue to tend to that seed it will produce fruit we expect to go to church or revival or read a self-help book or listen to some sermon and be changed overnight um, I'm sorry to tell you but that's not going to happen <laughs> It's not going to happen. And I know that I'm going over my time, but this is the most important part of anything that I said tonight. Um, It's not going to happen overnight. And the reason it's not going to happen is because there must be a process. There's a process to everything that is sown in your life. And what I think God is speaking to us in this season season is is learning how to love the process. Uh, It's like this. If you plant an apple tree one day, are you going to go outside the next morning and there be a tree with fruit on it? No, it doesn't work like that. Nor does it work like that in the kingdom. You have to work the process. God is saying to his church, learn to love the process. Um, the process of life, it's messy. Sometimes, even even in the kingdom, sometimes for, for our life, there's, there's, there will be storms that happen. But God is just saying, just learn to love that process. Learn to love, learn to love those storms. Learn to love the process that I'm taking you. Some, something God has shown me in my life is, He's, I'm, I'm in like a, a season of, of really ex- excelling, but for God to accelerate some things in my life and some things that should take years, for God, and I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm nothing special. I'm just willing to go through the process. So what I'm saying, what I'm about to tell you tonight, God's willing to do in each and every one of your lives. But I'm in a place right now where uh, I, I'm going through a constant process. Like I was telling my dad, like there'll be, There'll be a few days where I just feel like that I'm just being, you know, beat down. And there's everything just, I'm just being grinded on. And I'm just, everything that's in me of this world is being pushed out. And then God will give me like a day of rest. He'll give me like one day of, of where I can just see him and where I can just feel him. And then he'll, and then it's like he just backs off again, but then just pushes down on me. And that's the process. I've got two choices there. I can either say, God, this is too much. I do not want to deal with this process. I want to go back to the way my life is. And I could go to heaven. You know, I'd be fine. I could go to heaven. But I would never, ever see my destiny. I would never. If you want to see your destiny, and every single one of you in this place has destiny tonight, if you, I don't care how old you are. I don't care where you have been up until this point. God's sowing something into your life tonight. And he's saying, I've got destiny for your life. And if you're willing to go through the process. It's going to be painful. It's going to be messy. There's going to be storms. It's going to be hard. But if you're willing to go through that process, I will produce fruit in your life. And I will bring it to, I will bring the, the seeds that have been sown. I will bring those to fruition. And I will make I will bring you into your destiny. So this this process is not fun. It's not it's not at all. 
it's, it's going to be tough and it's going to be messy, but I believe that there are some people under the sound of my voice tonight that are going to start loving that process. They're going to start working that process. Jared, you're going to start loving the process. I believe it with all my heart. God's got big plans for your life. Amen. God, we come before you, Lord. We thank you for your word tonight, God. We thank you, Father, for your presence. We thank you, Father God, for being in this place, Lord. And uh, I just pray, God, that you would, the harvest that has been sown, the seeds that have been sown, Father God, that you would bring forth fruit, Lord, uh, in our lives, Father. Some 30, some 60, and some some 100 times what's been sown, Father God. I pray that you would bring forth fruit, Father God, of finances. Father, I pray that you would bring forth fruit, Father, in our marriages, God. I pray that you would bring forth fruit in in our homes, in our relationships, God. Lord, bless us and keep us safe as we head home. In your name we ask it. Amen. Don't, uh, don't let the enemy steal the seed that was sown for you tonight. Take it. Go home. Write it down. Whatever God's speaking to you tonight, write it down. Don't just rush out of here and just quickly forget what God's speaking to and, and what God wants to do in your life. Amen? Bless you guys.